Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Person Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. to the streets with Terry Delp. A couple of quick housekeeping items to get out of the way before I bring Terry on. First of all, this is going to be the new night of taking to the streets unless we have to move things around, you know, uh, one particular week or whatever. It's going to be Thursday nights. Tonight is starting at 7 Eastern. Going forward, it's going to be starting at 6.30. And the reason I had to start at 7 tonight is because I got held up at a project at work. But Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Eastern is going to be the new start time for taking it to the streets. Now, second item, we got a show in the top 10, and that's the third time that this has happened, and we're not even, we're only three and a half months old. I'm going to be honest with you, a reasonable prediction for me 
in the first three and a half months of our apostolate would have been for us to place one show in the top 15. I would have considered that success. If we placed one show in the top 15 in the Christian category in our first three and a half months, I would consider that to be a mark that we were off to a good start. We have placed six shows in the top 15. That's far better than I could have even imagined. Uh, Of those six shows that we have placed in the top 15, four of those shows have made the front page of the Blog Talk Radio rankings uh, under the Christian category. Four shows have made the front page, which is to say the top 12, and three of those four shows have made the top 10. The other one just missed. It peaked at number 11. It just missed the top 10. And of the three shows that have made the top 10, one of them is currently in the top 10 and could move up even more. It's currently at number 10. Uh, And that is uh, one of the episodes of the Divine Mercy Chaplet in Saint of the Day by Richard Pettis. And then we also had one that peaked at number eight, and that was the Medjugorje Fraud Doubleheader that had uh, guest Mark Shaw and Dr. E. Michael Jones on it. That show peaked at number eight. And we also had a number one, and that was the May 4th edition of Uncounseling by Dr. Fred. That show hit number one in the Christian category, hit it number three in the overall religion category, And it actually peaked at number two among all blog talk radio shows for the month, which was over 1,300. So it peaked in like the top 4% of all blog talk radio shows for the the month. Folks, these are phenomenal numbers for a show that's only three and a half months old. It's just insane. Last piece of of, uh, news that I wanted to bring up is that I just received a letter from Stephen A. Martin the director of exempt organizations, rulings, and agreements from the Internal Revenue Service. Now, we made our application for 501c3 tax-exempt status way back in March, and it got approved very quickly on the state level, and we've been waiting for this letter. And this letter says that we are tax-exempt, according to 501c3, as a Public charity. Now that's recognized on the national level. So now we can start to pursue donations and grants and other things. And um, I know the regular host of Taking to the Streets is going to help me with that a great deal. So let me bring him on right now. Terry, what do you think about all this good news? Good stuff has happened. Wow, yeah. Um... Well, when you first uh, brought the idea to me and asked me would I uh, be willing to participate, um, I knew that you had a fire in you and that you would you would push it. I had no idea uh, that we would move this far this fast. Uh, so I am pleasantly surprised, yes. It just shows that God's hand is on this mission. It's not, I'm not that talented. <laughs> God's hand is on this. And, uh, and uh, I'm just so in awe of our, of our Heavenly Father for the blessings that he has showered on us uh, in this endeavor. And I'll just, uh, I'll work hard every day, Terry, to be worthy of that. And, uh, and, 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 and also to be worthy of the great team that we have here yourself and 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 Luke Haskell and Ken Litchfield and William Hemsworth and and Louis Agondo and Chantel Rains and Deb Rojas and Fred Boley and just I mean it just goes on and Sherry Malorca and Jack Gist and the team from Catholicism Rocks I will you know this may sound like bragging and maybe it is but, Terry, I'll put the team we got against anything Blog Talk Radio has. Anything Blog Talk Radio has, not just in Christian shows or religious shows, any show that they have, 
in any form, any genre, I'll put our team against what, what they have uh, any day of the week and twice on Sundays. What, what do you think? Oh, I agree. I I agree. Um, each show has its uh, its own quality, and that's what I think is uh, beneficial to to us as a as an apostolate is that um, we're presenting the faith from several mm-hmm. different angles that yep. all comes together to glorify God. You know. Yep. You know, me and you talked frankly about. You know the the apostles I left, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name it. I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not interested in in you know pulling that scab off. But but we did look at it and we said, okay, well you know what? Here's where some of the mistakes that we made. Uh, and um, and two things that you and I agreed that were mistakes is number one, we had to have absolute control of the message to make sure that nothing that goes out is is Incorrect is factually incorrect. Uh, we had to leave room for uh, expression and different opinions and different viewpoints, different vantage points, but we could not put out anything that was factually demonstrably incorrect that you know just made us lose credibility. And the second thing, and it's kind of funny, I had already noticed it, but I knew it was important when you brought it to my attention, even though I had already seen it. But the fact that it was visible to you made it that much more clear. And, and, and that's when you said the shows can't get stale. It's got to be innovative. We've got to be creative. We've got to always be turning over new things and doing new things and trying new things. And, and me and you have put our heads together. We've come up with a lot of great stuff. And, and, and you're right. It's not just this show, but every show has its own individual, unique personality and it's uh I, I know you pride yourself on on being a really good chef and uh it's it's like we're cooking up a big pot of stew here and we we got all these different ingredients in this big pot of stew and you you know and and uh just the flavor of the whole thing is just it's been outstanding and I couldn't be happier yes yes sir hey I would like to point out to all of y'all listening so my show taking it to the streets, we, we get, you know, ratings from, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but from two different uh, um, avenues. One is live call-ins, and two is those who listen to the archives. Well, those who listen to the archives, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong is probably where we get our most traffic from. But my yeah. show... And, and when you say the show, most, you say the most traffic, it's usually percent or better of of the shows okay. across the board come from from uh, archive uh, streams or downloads. Right, right. So, but I want to let, and I'm gonna start uh, promoting this since I got a new time slot. But uh, my show is is geared to live interaction. I want to mm-hmm. hear from y'all when y'all listen to me. If you got an opinion, and, I mean, last week was a perfect example. I mean, uh, we had a guy call in with uh, a monstrous uh, prayer request, and, and we were able to, uh, um, you know, that. all glory to God, uh, steer him in the right direction, you know. But that's what my show's about, just like my ministry. My ministry is live, in person, face-to-face, you know, and that's kind of where I want to steer my show, taking it to the streets from. So if y'all are listening to this in the archives, you know, later on, uh, remember, I'm going to be on every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m., and, and, I, and I welcome all callers to call in, give your opinion, let me know what you think. And, um, I mean, if we disagree, we can debate about it. If uh, if we dr- disagree on something that is already church teaching and dogma, well, then there won't be no disagreement, but I'll do my best to steer you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Well, you brought up a good point. Your show, by far, gets the most live calls. 
and, and it's not close. It's not close. When we talk about all the shows that we have now, you know, when, when, when it turns out the total listens, when you add the live listens and the downloads and the streams, you add it all together. Now it's, you know, it's more of a tighter, it's a, it's a, it's a tighter battle between all the shows and all the shows are, are pretty close in that area. But in terms of the proportion of the of the shows of the listens that are live listens, you've got everybody beat. And like I said, it's it's not close. You've lapped the field. It's 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 by far there's more live listens on your show. Probably there are probably more total live listens on your show than all of the other shows combined. In fact, just as I said that, just as I said that, Terry. Board light lit up and we've got a caller. I, I swear to you, the words just left my mouth that said you get more live calls than anybody else. And the instant I said that, we got a live call. Uh, 281, you're on. Oh, she don't really like to talk. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you know what? You can say it's just you, but you know what? You're someone who's very special to all of us, and we know you're very special to, to this man who is uh, who is my brother, and uh, I know you're very, very special to him. And uh, I love your guys' story, however many times you guys tell your story, but it's just so funny that just as I said that, he gets more live calls than anybody else, the switchboard lights up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I want, you know, I think my I think my show kind of mirrors how I am in the street. You know, I'm more of a hands-on guy. I'm more of a, a live, in-person type guy, and so it's just it's just natural that my show is. I mean, the name of the show says it all. You pick the yeah. name of it, and I love the theme song that you picked for it. It just fits perfectly, um, and and that's just. That's just how how I do it. Now everybody else is like um, uh, Mr. Haskell. Oh my goodness, uh, he is so knowledgeable. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But he's the type of person. You know, he, he probably well, I wouldn't want too many callers on his show because I want to listen to him. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he yeah. is. He is tremendously lo- uh, knowledgeable. But, you know, all of the guys on our show have this in common, all of them. Every single one of them have this in common. They're all humble guys. They're all humble guys. They're all um, self-aware people. That was another critique that we had of the the apostle that I left, is that there were some of the guys there that got a little too full of themselves. And they they started to kind of – it was kind of a top-down – uh, I'm the expert, and you know, and, and they even referred to themselves as experts. They even used the word "I'm an expert," yeah. and and um, that's very, very off-putting to people. People don't want to hear that. And and I think what makes you, uh, what makes your message so powerful, Terry, is that you've been in you've been in holes that most of us can't even imagine you've been at low points in your life that most of us can't even imagine. And, and I have too, although I haven't had the same life experience that you've had, I've gone through some awful things, awful, terrible things. Um, I've got a, I've got a, a plaque that's hanging in my room and I want to read this. It says without your wound, where would your power be? It is your very remorse that makes your low voice tremble into the hearts of men. The very angels themselves cannot persuade the wretched and blundering children on earth, as can one human being broken on the wheels of living. In the battle of love, Uh, only wounded soldiers can serve. I, when I heard that quote, I said, okay, that's going on a plaque. (laughs) I'm getting that made up. Uh, That's from... The angel that troubled the waters. It's a. It's based on a biblical story, uh, and it's by. It's a, a play by Thornton Wilder, 
And it, it's just so true. In the war of love, only wounded soldiers can serve. And what that means is that I could go to someone who just got out of prison and say, hey, you know what? This doesn't have to be the definition of your life. You can overcome this. You can, uh, you know, you can be anything that you want to be. I could go and you know what? That message is going to just go absolutely nowhere. That message is going to go absolutely nowhere because that, that person is going to look at me and say, you don't know anything of my life. You have no idea what I've been through. So, you know, save your, your pep speech for somebody who cares. That That's the attitude that, that and rightly so. And, and I understand why they would have that reaction. But you can look that fellow straight in the eye and say, hey, brother, I've been where you've been. I've been yeah. where you've been. I know the way out. I know the way out. And if I made it out, so can you. And you have that credibility. You have that credibility. And it goes back to the quote, in the war of love, only wounded soldiers can serve. Only broken people can help other people who have been broken. Only people who knows what is who know what it's like to go through the wreckage of life can help people who are in the wreckage of life. Uh, right, right. When you're looking down on somebody from your ivory tower, uh, don't be surprised when they tune you out. Right, right. Times when I've been trying to, you know, uh, prove the very existence of God to somebody, you know, and, and, Somebody don't believe God, you can't quote scripture, you can't quote church teaching, you know, they don't believe, you know. And uh, you know, there's been times when people are like, just just show me that God exists, show me the proof. And I pat myself on the chest and say, Brother, I'm right here yeah. and go into my story and uh by the end of the story, you know, they like Okay, well, maybe it's possible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna let yeah, you guys. That... I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys in in on the little window in in my life. Okay, just so you know that I know what it's like to go through some some horrible stuff too. In May of 1998, my wife and I had our fourth child, and. He was our son, and his name was Christian Nicholas, and that baby boy died the day he was born. Oh, man. He he actually pretty much died in my arms. And the effects on that were catastrophic to us and caused caused us to have not only the emotional trauma – it, it wrecked our lives financially. It 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 uh, it caused me to lose my job. I mean, it just it just wrecked us. And my wife's family, who were living in New Jersey at the time, said, um, "Well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna move you guys up here to New Jersey. We're gonna help you guys get back on your feet and 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 turn your life around." Well, his idea of helping us get back on our feet was to sexually assault both of my daughters. And we had to send that monster to prison. And we found out that the first assault on my oldest daughter, they drove down from New Jersey when they heard that the baby was in trouble. The baby was born by C-section it was delivered because they knew the baby was in trouble. And the plan was as soon as the baby was born, it was going to be airlifted to Fairfax Hospital. As soon as the baby was born, the doctor looked at me and took one look at me and said, there's nothing we can do. Took one look at the baby, took one look at me and said, there's nothing that we can do. We can't save him. So by the time they arrived, the, the baby had already died. And that's when. Um, he says, well, you know what, let me let me take the kids back to the hotel room, my other three kids. Let me take the kids back to the hotel room, 
uh, so you and your wife and 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 her mother can spend some time together and can you know and can grieve in in peace and quiet. It was years later that we found out that very night was his first sexual assault on my on my daughter. The night that her baby brother died, she was sexually assaulted by her grandfather. She was ten years old, Terry. Ten. So someone once said to me that sometimes God has to take the mask off the devil so we can truly see him in his true evil and malevolence. Um, I, I know what the devil looks like. That's just, there's no way that you can buy what has happened in my family, but to call it pure unadulterated evil, satanic evil. And I'm going to be honest with you, that whole episode in my life plunged me into a darkness that I never imagined it was possible to feel. I never imagined a person could go through the uh, the level of emotional pain and darkness that I went through for probably it was about a year before I started to come out of that feeling of totally being abandoned by God. That's how I felt. Um, and yet here I am, Terry. Here I am. Uh, things are not perfect. I still am trying to work on my relationship with with, with my kids and 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 all that. But I'm still standing. And when I talked to my priest, you know, after all this stuff came to light, I, I asked the priest, I said, where was God in the middle of all this? Where was he? Did Was he just ignoring us? What, where was God in the middle of all this, Father? And I'll never forget what he said to me. As long as I live, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, I'm going to ask you one question. He said, look at everything you and your family have been through over the last 10 years. Do you really think that you walked through that under your own strength? I'll be honest with you, I started bawling. I said, there's no way. There's no way. He said, that's where he was. That's where he was. Right in the midst of what you were suffering. So... In the battle of love, only wounded soldiers can serve. You and I both know what it's like to be wounded. That's why you and I relate to each other, because there's nothing false about it. You and I have both suffered hurts that many people can't fathom. Many people can't understand. But you and I can understand when we, go, when we run into other people that have hurt at that level. And other and people, the people, other people can't understand them, but we can. We can. We know what it's like to be in that place. That is so true, and that's a that's a perfect segue into today's episode. Um, there was some back and forth about the meaning of the four persons online. And so I kind of wanted to clear it up here. Um, well, let me, let me go right into it because it came out of that exact episode that we talked about. So okay. my kids came forward years after the attacks happened. We didn't know about it until years later. Okay, and when I asked my youngest daughter, I said, why did you hide this from us? Why didn't you tell us? And she said, Dad, I couldn't come forward because you would have killed him. She said, you would have killed him, and you would have gone to prison, and I wouldn't have a dad. That's exactly what she told me, Terry, I swear to God. It's exactly how she said it. You would have killed him, and I wouldn't have a dad. And you know what? Terry, I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't look her in the face and tell her she was wrong. I couldn't do it. 
because she's probably right. That's probably exactly what would have happened. So when this monster was arrested, we sat down and we said, okay, are we going to take the prosecutor's deal? Or are we going to go to court? We're going to go to trial. Now, my oldest daughter at that point, Melissa, was 19. And under the law, she was legal. She was a legal adult. So the way that this decision was supposed to go down is that my wife and I would represent my son and my youngest daughter. And Melissa would speak on her own as an adult. So as a family, we decided we're not taking the prosecutor's deal. We want this person put away and never never to see the light of day again. As soon as we came to that decision, my daughter, Melissa, my oldest daughter, immediately began to change. She immediately began to come unglued. And I could see that the fear of taking the stand and facing this monster again was too much. It was too much. And that's when I went back. I went to my counselor and I said, and she was a counselor with Catholic Charities, said, Noni, what do I do here? I cannot allow her to be put on the stand. The defense attorney will tear her apart. And, and, and my counselor took one look at me and said, she said, John, your instincts are correct here. She said, you have to stop this. And I said, Noni, what can I do? She's 19. I can't stop it. Legally, I have no recourse. She's 19 years old. She said, John, listen to me. You have to stop this. Do whatever you have to do. You cannot uh, put her on the stand. I said, "I I hear you, Noni, and I agree with you, but I'm powerless to stop it. She's 19. And that's when Noni says to me, she says, John, physically, she's 19. She said, physically, she's 19. She said, spiritually, she's got a long way to go. She said, mentally, she said, your daughter is 30, mentally. She's a brilliant kid. And she graduated from college as a double major, summa cum laude double major. Okay, she's a brilliant kid. But she said, John, emotionally, she's not 19. Emotionally, she's that 10-year-old child that was scarred by that first attack. And that's when she started to explain to me that every person is four persons, that you're a physical person, a mental person, an emotional person, and a spiritual person. And she broke it down to me, and she explained it to me, and she convinced me. And I went to the prosecutor, and I said, okay, we're accepting the plea deal. There's not going to be a trial. The prosecutor's name was um, Deborah, I believe. And Deborah said, well, that's fine for your son and your youngest daughter that you can make the decision for them. She said, but Melissa has to make the decision for herself. Okay. And Melissa was sticking by her guns. Melissa said, no, we're going to trial. This is not going to, we're not accepting a plea deal. I said, no, Debbie, you don't understand. We're taking the deal. Period. And she said, John, you can't decide that for Melissa. I said, Debbie, I just did. Stop this. I said, I don't care what you have to do. Stop it. Taking the deal? Period. And my daughter got very, very angry at me for doing that. But, Terry, I didn't have any choice. So sometime later... I happened to open up my Bible. You ever open up your Bible to wherever it opens up to? I've done that a few times, yes. Yeah. Well, I happened to open up my Bible, and it just happened to open up to Mark chapter 12. And I got down to verse 30, and it says, The greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, and your whole strength. It was right there. It was right there. And I ne- ever since that day, I have understood 
that the four persons all have to be healthy. If your emotional person is shattered, it's going to affect the other three. If your physical person is, is not healthy, it's going to affect the other three. I'll give you one example. You can't sleep at night. Okay? That's physical person. You wake up in the morning, you can't concentrate on your job. You're, you're doing a poor job at work. You may not even be able to concentrate on driving. You may have a, a, an, an, an accident because you're, you're not paying attention to the road. You're not mentally sharp, mental person. All right? You get to work. The boss yells at you. You're late. You don't have the project in on time. What, what's the update on this? You don't want to hear him. You, you get upset. Why is the boss yelling at me? Why is he always, you know, harassing me? Now, emotional person has come into play. All right? And the stress of it all gets too much to you. It gets to be more than you can take. What do you do? At the end of the day, do you go to adoration? Do you get your rosary out and pray? Or do you go out and get drunk or do something stupid? Now, spiritual person is involved. And any time that spiritual person is unhealthy, it's going to affect the other three. Any time mental person is unhealthy, it's going to affect the other three. And that's why God said, you shall love the Lord your God. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with, listen to this, your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, and your whole strength. Can't be no halfway about it, Terry. Can't be no halfway. You can't. You can't be half in. And somebody asked me, what was the greatest turning point in my faith? And I said, the greatest turning point in my faith, the biggest mistake that I was making in my faith was that God was the most important thing in my life. He said, wait a minute. God was the most important thing in your life. How can that be a mistake? I said, because God can't be the most important thing in your life. He has to be your whole life. He's your whole Mm. life. Everything has to be centered on God. When I go to work and I deal with the irritable boss, I deal with it for God. When I deal with a family member who's being short with me, I deal with it for God. If I have an illness or, or some type of pain or some type of suffering or some type of emotional pain or some type of suffering, when I have joys, when I have sorrows, when I have successes, everything is for God. When I wash the dishes, it's for God. I do this for you. When I mow the grass, it's for God. Your whole life has to center around God. And that's why this apostolate is taking off, Terry. This apostolate is taking off because this apostolate is not about John or Terry or Ken or William or Luke, or Lewis, or Fred, or Deb. It's about God. And each one of us is playing our role, kind of singing in a symphony, where each voice is in a symphony, celebrating the Creator. And that's what the Four Persons is all about. Amen. Uh, Thank you pretty much summed it up right there. And... Uh, I've been posting this a lot on, um, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook um, because, you know, right now in society, uh, a lot of our brothers and sisters are trying to, you know, keep their faith out of the public sphere, you know, Mm -hmm. which is a, a big mistake because, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. Yeah. Very interesting. And, I've, got a, I've got a good friend that, um, you know, his brother was saying something about, well, you know, you, you can't really talk about faith in public anymore, and you can't talk about faith in, 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 in work because, you know, this climate that we're in here, the risks are too great. And and I was like, the risks are too great? <laughs> Have have you read the Bible? <laughs> okay. yeah, for real, right? Have you yeah. read the Bible? Did you read about in... the first the first hundred years of Christianity? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So you know what? I speak about God at work, and I could get fired. Okay. All right. That's a risk I'm going to have to take. 
All right, but you but you know what? I'm not going to be facing the lions. <laughs> I'm not going to be beheaded <laughs> or speared or, I mean, just uh, just look at some of these martyrs and the deaths that they undertook, especially some of the young martyrs. Some of the yeah. young virgin martyrs like Cecilia, like uh, Philomena. Um, horrible, Thank horrible. St. Peter, St. Paul, you know, um, and, and that's my thing. What I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show people is that, look, you shouldn't hide your Christianity. In fact, uh-huh. if you're following church teaching and you're following scripture, you should be the best employee your employer has ever had uh-huh. because your boss, your boss isn't your employer. Your boss is God, and it says to do Everything you do, whether you uh, eat, drink, work, whatever you do, do all unto the glory of God. And so when you're out here working, uh, whatever it is you do, you should be doing that unto the glory of God. You should be doing this for God. And if you're doing it for God, you're not going half measures. You're giving everything. And so if every Christian was, you know, doing this, then it wouldn't be a, a big deal about claiming your Christianity in the workplace. In fact, it would be one of the things you would want to put on your resume because smart employers would be like, oh, hold up, he's a Christian. He's going to be the best employee I ever had. Yeah, let me get him. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Yeah, because if you're really truly living your faith, then if you put Christian on your resume – then all all of a sudden this potential employer says, well, you know, I don't know how experienced he is, but I can train him. But you know what? Yeah. I know he's going to show up at work on time. He's going to give me his best effort. He's not going to steal from me. He's not going to be right. using profanity at work. He's not going to be assaulting the other employees. Uh, he's going to live by a code, and that's the kind of code that we need in this workforce. But um, – uh, Terry, I, I hate to say it, how often do we see Christians in our life that are Christians with their words only? That that they bless Christ yeah. with their words and they curse him with their lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And and that's something that uh I'm I'm uh you know, what's the old saying, reach one, teach one and mm-hmm. and that's that's what I'm trying to do, uh you know, I've I've met um in in my line of work, in fact, when I was in Georgia, uh, one of the guys that was doing the testing for me, uh, come to find out, he was he was uh, he was Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I asked him, I was like, hey, when's when's the last time you've been to confession? He was like, oh, I ain't been to confession since I was a kid. And so you know, we had that we had that talk, and uh, within a couple of weeks. Uh, showed up to work and I could see a beam on his face and he was smiling and mm-hmm. he was like, hey man, I went to confession, man. Man, you're right, dude. I, I should have did that a long time ago. So, you know, we got to spread the message. Each one of us that are living the faith, we got to spread the message. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I know I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, sometimes I allow my, uh, emotions to get you know triggered here or there and and uh but Terry, i find myself in some uh pretty good uh, I, 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 under, I understand that terry but you know what you are you're real you're real yeah, yeah. and and that's that's the thing you're you're genuine you're real you don't put on airs you don't put on masks you don't pretend to be something that you're not and, uh, you know, I, I went around and around years ago um, with this with this one, you know, very, very hypocritical woman, uh, you know, and she she wanted to make sure that everybody knew that she was the, the, the you know, the greatest. I said, let me tell you something. You are exactly the kind of person that you got a snowball's chance in hell of getting to heaven. <laughs> You're the kind of person <laughs> you have no chance of getting there. Okay. I said, you're like the, the, the story in the Bible where the Pharisee is next to the reprobate. The Pharisee's congratulating himself on how holy he is and, and that he, he, you know, he ties all his money and he, 
and he goes to the temple three times a week and you know just basically congratulating himself on how wonderful he is and I thank you God that I'm not like this reprobate over here do you remember what the reprobate did do you remember yeah he beat himself he beat himself on the chest and said <coughs> forgive me have mercy on me oh father for I'm a sinner didn't even raise his eyes to heaven. That's what the Bible says. He wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat on his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a miserable sinner. And Jesus said one of those people walked out of there justified, and one did not. So I said to this woman, I said, you want a real test of what a Christian looks like, what a real Christian looks like? I said, let me give you a hint. If I were an atheist, and I saw you and saw the way you carried yourself and the way that you acted as a Christian. And I said, you know, I don't know what a Christian is. But all I know is that guy, Terry, I want what he has. Whatever it is that he has, I want it. You're acting like a Christian. But if somebody looks at you, and this person's name was Deborah. I said, Deborah, someone looks at you and says, I don't know what a Christian is, but if she's a Christian, I don't want any part of it. (laughs) I said, you chase more people away from the Christian faith by far than you ever attracted to the Christian faith. And that's the sin of scandal. That's that's what's known as the sin of scandal. Uh, And it comes from comes from pride. Um, And. You know, at the end of the day. The Bible says that when, even if we do what it is that we're supposed to do, and even if we do uh, accomplish everything that God has given us to do, at the end of that, we should say, Lord, we are but unprofitable unprof- servants doing what we were told. Because that's all that we are. We're saved by grace. It is not our own doing. It is, there's no reason for us to boast. Because if Terry Delp does anything good, it's because of the grace that God put in his heart. Terry Delp doesn't get credit for that. I don't get credit for that either. Now, you get credit for cooperating with that grace, but you didn't do anything to earn the grace. The grace is a free gift. That's right. And And, um, uh, since we're on the subject of grace, I just want to throw it out there because there are too many cradle Catholics that are not going to confession and listen, you're obligated at least once a year to go to confession as a Catholic. So that means if you're not going to confession at least once a year, you are not living the Catholic faith. But uh, and that's the minimum obligation. But I try to go and I know I drive my wife crazy about this. I try to go at least twice a month um because uh you know I mean none of us are perfect and 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 that that uh that lie of the devil that that we can just confess our sins to god and and he'll forgive mm-hmm. us that that's true in extreme circumstances, but if there's a priest available, God gave a way and a means of receiving forgiveness of sins and if you're not taking advantage of that way and of that means then um you're not living a catholic life so so carry that out there brother yeah no you're absolutely right you know what i think is one of the most effective if not the most effective weapons that the devil has and and i know this because i've been there and it's addiction Okay, yeah. and there are all kinds of addictions: alcohol addiction, drug addiction, sex addiction, uh, gambling addiction. You know, I mean, there's as many addictions as there are days of the month. Okay, all all addictions have one thing in common, and that is that we are powerless to overcome them under our own efforts. Mm. And and you keep falling and you keep falling and you keep falling and you keep asking yourself, you know, why why am I do I keep falling into this? And then, you know, and then, you know, I was talking to someone one time and and he said, well, you know, are you going back to confess? Well, you know, I just 
terrible about myself right now. I've got to kind of get my courage up. I've got to kind of get my strength up. And he looked at me and said, no, 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 John, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get strong so you can go to confession. You go to confession so you can get strong. Mm. He said, said, that's why you keep falling. You keep falling because you think it's your fight. This isn't your fight. This is God's fight through you. He said, when you fall, get right back up. Run to the confessional. Run to the confessional. Yep. And and dust yourself off and get right back up. And you know what? And if you fall the next day, you do the same thing. And if you yeah. got to go to confession once a month, then do it. If you got to go to confession once a week, do it. If you got to yeah. say ten rosaries a day, do it. If you got to go to adoration six times a month, do it. Yeah. Read your yeah. Bible. Wear your scapular. Wear your miraculous medal. Do whatever you have to do. The 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 battle turns when you say, "Lord, I understand. I am absolutely powerless in this fight. I can do nothing yep. without you. Help me." And when you and get you don't to that, have to be. You don't have to be in mortal sin only to go to confession. Uh, right. I've gone to confession for uh, using foul language. I've gone to confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone to confession. For, you know, you go to the bank and you sign your 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 uh, deposit slip. I've gone to confession because I, I I didn't steal on purpose, but I put the pen in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the, I mean, that's not even that's not even a sin. That's just an honest mistake. But here's the thing. Here's when you should go to confession. If a person doesn't fall into mortal sin, but they almost do, the temptation, boy, I'm so glad I was able to resist that temptation, get to confession. Yeah. Get to confession because you need that grace, all right, because the devil's not going to stop attacking. He almost broke through the wall the last time. He's going to keep coming. He's going to keep coming. Avail yourself of holy water. And, and you know, Terry, in this faith that we have, we got all this cloud of witnesses. We've got Mary. We've got Joseph. We've got mm. all these angels and saints. We've got our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament, present in adoration. I, we've, we've got the, the confessional. We've got people who could pray novenas for us, that pray masses for us. I mean, it's absolutely limitless, the supply of grace that we have access to if we're only willing to seek it out. So That's I right. asked a friend of mine, I asked a friend of mine the other day, I said, what are the two most important virtues for a person to be saved? And he said, well, I don't know, faith? Says the two most important virtues for a person to be saved are obedience and humility. You have to be humble before God, and and humility is not this morose self-deprecation. I hate myself. That's not humility. In fact, if you hate yourself, that's not humility. That's pride turned inside out because it's still an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Humility is an honest assessment of yourself before God, an honest assessment that with God, I can do all things. Without God, I can do nothing. I am powerless. That's humility. And obedience, Mm. uh, obedience is very, very simple. Obedience is the church says it. I'm going to follow it. That settles it. I don't have to understand it. I remember when I was younger, there were all kinds of Catholic doctrines that that I didn't understand. But you know what? I followed them anyway. And this is the thing that people don't understand is, and St. Augustine, I think it was St. Augustine that said this, you don't understand so you can then believe. You believe so you can then understand. 
Right, 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 right. Because it is it is that belief, it is that walking out in faith, that stepping out in faith. Uh, the Greek word is pisteos, means to, to believe in, to trust in, to lean on. And when you take that step out in faith, the reward is God gives you the knowledge and understanding of the belief that you always had. And we can see this in Scripture. When Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. So That's true. Humility and another, and, another thing, mm-hmm. and another thing, John, that I've learned personal experience of frequent confession and daily rosary. Yeah. Those are the two, well, of course, in, in receiving the Eucharist, but the two things that, uh, that, that I do consistently to keep myself from falling into sin is frequent confession and uh, daily rosary. And on Thursday, a- Thursday I, I say the rosary twice. I say the joyous mysteries and the luminous mysteries. Yep. Here's a good practice for people to get into if if you just want a a minimum to start with. At least do this. You can go to morningoffering.com and you can say the morning offering prayers, okay? Make a morning offering every morning. All right? And then at the end of the day, at the end of the day, say at least an act of contrition. Start your day mm. with the morning offering End your day with an act of contrition every single day. No exceptions. No exceptions. And that that's the starting point. Saying, that's what goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. The whole life has got to belong to God. Not uh, a part, not even the most important part, but the whole life. And that goes mm-hmm. back to what you are saying. So you wake up and you say your morning offering and you go to sleep. And, and you're saying you're active contrition, you're starting your day, and hopefully you'll do something during the day, and then you're ending your day with with yeah. uh, with prayer to God, you know? Let, let me read this, just for anybody who doesn't know this. This is the morning offering prayer. You can go to morningoffering.com, and this prayer is at the top, and there's a bunch of prayers and readings below it. But start your day off at least with this prayer. Oh, Jesus. Through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world for the salvation of souls, the reparation of sins, the reunion of all Christians, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father this month. Amen. Gave your whole day to God. Yep. If you say that prayer sincerely, you just gave your whole day to God. Uh, we're, da- we're down to about the last minute, Terry. Would you would you bless us with a closing prayer, please? I sure will. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Saint Michael, the Archangel, the Sinners in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us of our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven. See those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Just one quick question, Terry. Did you have any plans for next Thursday's show? Did you have anything planned? Um, so I, I wanted that time slot so that I could have uh, Deacon Denny on more regularly and Brother Tommy on more regularly. So I'm going to be getting with them and seeing if we could put a show together for uh, next week. Okay. If we can't, 
uh, if you can't get them, let me know because I have an idea for a show if if that doesn't go through. So anyway, okay. God bless you. Until next time, you have a wonderful night. And uh, and to Mrs. Delp, you have a wonderful night as well, too. You got a good man. Thank Hold you know. on to him. Hold on to him. <laughs> All right. God bless. All right. God bless.